By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. It is BS.show during her rocker days. Kelly Clarkson, yes, that's when she was uh, like wearing the tight jeans and uh, doing the rock and roll kind of thing. Not the case anymore. And you know what? I'm not complaining. 613, it is, people are going to say, I can't believe what he just said. (laughs) Let's be honest. You know, she's changed, and I have no problem with that. I'm one of the few guys that say, I think I like her better now. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, 613, it is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. I don't know where Brad is. Hold on a minute. There he is. Hold on a minute. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Hold on a minute. It's about time. What's the deal? Good morning, sunshine. Where you been? I've been, oh, so many places. <laughs> and it's so early in the morning. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, no, it's not that early in the morning. It's 6, uh, what, 6.14 right now? Hold on a minute. It's I, the butt crack of dawn, Brad. It's the what? <laughs> the butt crack of dawn. I got to open my Mountain Dew. Hold on a minute. Man, I tell you what, did I have an exciting? You open your Mountain Dew. I take one little bitty sip of tea, and you're all over me. No comment. <laughs> you know, I. I <laughs> well, ex- it's true. I had an exciting Sunday. You know what I did? What'd you do? I defrosted my dorm room for refrigerator. Oh my God, that is so exciting! Yeah, How'd that f- go? <laughs> matter of fact, the little freezer section got so full of ice, I couldn't get the door shut anymore. <laughs> so I had to defrost it. And you know what? There's no easy way to do that. I just, you know, I have to, I went through about, I don't know, about six, seven bath towels, you know, just sticking in the bottom of the fridge. And when one gets super soaked, pick it up, put another one in there, wait till everything melts out. And finally got it all melted out. It's, you know, took Why all... didn't you just put um, a hot, hot pan of uh, water in there? I don't have a stove. I don't have any way. I don't have any way to heat up water. So <laughs> easy, easy for you to say, you got a stove and stuff like that. I don't have a stove, you know? I do, but it doesn't work, you know. I mean, <laughs> am I the ultimate bachelor or what? <laughs> you are the ultimate bachelor for sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, like the... <laughs> what a life. What a life. Anyway, it's Monday. Hard to believe it's the 22nd. Uh, the fourth fourth Monday in, in uh, August. And this month we have five. So there's one more uh, Monday in August, a week from today, and then we're done. And then we have September. They're already talking about, I'm going like, come on. We're talking, well, gas prices are going to go back up now because it's coming up in Labor Day weekend. Give me a break. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me that. You know what I mean? Are hey, you there? Brad? Yes. Gas cri- prices are going to go up since it's almost fall. <sighs> well, see, there. I've talked about this before. And people don't believe me. There's then they have to switch over to the the winter blend. There's like two blends of gasoline. Oh please! No, seriously, they have the summer blend and the winter blend. Did you know about uh, this? I'm not even going to listen to you because that no. sounds like a bunch of BS. I am being absolute 100 percent truthful. They have different blends of gasoline for winter and summer because of the way because that's because of the pollution crap. There's okay, a, so what happens if you're driving across country? And it's 70 degrees where you're at, and you drive, so you've got that whatever blend, well, it's, summer blend. It's not going to make your, your car run any that. I mean, 
typically it's not going to run, you know, with all the computers that are in your car, it's not going to run perceptibly different. But what it does is it, it's, it's all about the emissions. It has to do with, with uh, when your car is hot in the summer, it, you know, operates a certain way and in the cold you know just like for example like if it's super cold and you start your car up you have like the you know the steam coming out of your car you know which is that is literally steam that's not like exhaust that's steam because well it is exhaust but it's heated exhaust because it's very hot and it turns to steam it's like it's like going by it's really funny i talked to one of the guys i know that works out at the labity power plant there the Ameren power plant out in labity and he always says that when it gets really cold, the people call and go, you, you, you're putting out other pollution, other pollution. You know what I'm talking about? I actually do. It's, it's steam. Because, yeah. because what happens is in the winter, you don't notice in the summer because, you know, the, the air is, you know, the ambient air is, is hot. But in the winter, especially when it gets really cold, like, you know, like in the, in the single digits and teens, uh, when the, the exhaust comes out of the stacks there at Labadee, you can see it because it's steam. And it's not necessarily pollution. God, I, I, you know, I got a story this morning. Hold on a minute. Summer blend of, I'm look at this. See, you don't believe me. I'm going to pull this up. I don't. Summer blend of gasoline. Okay. Here it is right here. Summer blend gasoline has a lower RV to prevent excessive evaporation when outside temperature rises. That evaporation can cause vapor lock in an engine on hot days and contributes to unhealthy ground-level ozone and smog levels. Summer blend contains 2% butane, but the percentage is higher in the winter blend. See? You don't believe me. There's right there. That's... So what about the uh, winter air and the summer air? Uh, here, here's For your tires. In the warmer months, gasoline has a greater chance of evaporating from your car's fuel system. This can produce additional smog and increased emissions, blah, 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 blah. Here we go. This is on GasBuddy.com. The difference between summer blend and winter blend gasoline. Uh, what is the difference um, What is the difference between uh, summer blend and winter blend gasoline? Summer gasoline, reduced emissions. Winter gasoline, helping your car start in cooler temperatures. Fuels, cal- fuels calendars, dates with key gas. In, here we go. Here we go right here. Uh, and we're in Missouri, so in other words, it says, March, April, refineries begin to produce summer gasoline blends. More than 14 different blends are produced during this period due to different state regulations for reformulated gasoline and reed vapor pr- uh, pressure requirements. May 1st, fuel terminals are required to sell only summer gasoline on May 1st, while gas stations have until June 1st to complete the changeover. September 15th, the last day that EPA requires summer gasoline is September 15th, but most refineries start producing it again in late August and will draw down remaining summer supply. In addition, gasoline demand falls as temperatures begin to seasonally drop, leading gas prices to fall through the fall. Starting September 16th, gas stations can again start filling up with the non-summer or winter gasoline. There you go. You thought I was making that up. So we've got another three weeks till we got the winter blend of gasoline. See, you think I make stuff up. I well, you do make stuff up, but this time you were telling the truth. That's a shocker. And there's a special summer blend of gasoline they make two weeks before the Fourth of July. There you go. No, I'm serious. It's a special summer blend that essentially is impervious to uh, close fireworks explosions. They put a special additive into it that makes it, so in other words, if you're driving along and somebody fires a bottle rocket at you, your car is less likely to blow up with the 4th of July mix than if you would have the regular summer blend. I remember when I was like 16 or 17, 
I was sitting there and we were blowing off firecrackers in the driveway and and I lit lit one and it flew across the um across the street and there was a car coming up the street and it was a Trans Am and he was not a happy dude. It hit his car. And so he actually got out and was gonna kick my butt, but I was hiding. Right. And it turned out he was actually coming to see me. Isn't that funny? Whoa, 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 whoa. He was a boyfriend kind of dude coming to see you? Yeah. You didn't know he he drove a Trans Am? No, I knew he drove a Trans Am. So were you, did you specifically shoot the firework at him? I didn't wait around to see what kind of car it was. I went and hid. So then when you, did you finally meet up with him? And he goes, yes, some stupid jerk shot a firework at my car. Pretty much. That's kind of how it happened. And then, and then, and you say, I can't imagine someone doing that, right? I, did, I, I I've never, <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. Who, who would do that? Especially you and your nice car. I would never do that. <laughs> I totally did so, it. How old were you? So <laughs> you had to so be like, funny. what, 15, 16? Oh, no, hold on. Knowing you, guy in Trans Am, he was 32 and you were 12, right? Ew. <laughs> no. <laughs> It would be more like my first husband. <laughs> Was your first husband older than you? Yeah. How 16 much? 16 years my senior. What? You never told me that before. Seriously? It's not important. Why would I tell you that? How, how, old, were, how old were you when you married him? 18. And he was what? 30-something or other? Yeah. Ew. I know. <laughs> now that I think about it, I think... Ew. <laughs> How old was he again? But I got the greatest thing in the world coming from that odd I, relationship. I'm not touching that. <laughs> I oh. got Tiffany. Oh, it's your daughter. Okay. 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 Where you, was your mind at, dude? Ew. 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 Yes, I know. Ew. Well, my husband now is 11 ew. years my senior. Ew. 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 You like to be grabbed. Ew. You like to be grabbed. The equivalent to butt sniffing with dogs. Ew. I'm sorry. I got carried away there. Did you you think? <laughs> You're so funny. I'm sorry. I just can't resist sometimes. <laughs> I know. You're a man child. We know. We give you I am. points. I am. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know. You are a man child. There are times when I think I have the best life and I can't remember when that was. <laughs> I just have the worst life. I if 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 people knew what my life was like, people would feel sorry for me. There would be people who would Do be like. Do you really want that? No, but but people what, to feel what's, sorry what's for crazy you? about it is I don't. What's crazy about it is I am so sick and tired. I'm I you know I get weird about this. I'm so sick and tired of people talking about retirement. You know me. First off, it's anti-Christ like. You know, and people go, I can't believe he said that. Find it in the Bible. Find me, you know, because I know this because of the fact I've heard preachers talk about this. Nowhere in the Bible does it say anything about retirement. And once again, we talked about this. Moses was 120. He was still doing his God stuff till the day he died. He was still doing his God stuff. Well, that's what he was doing. You are so funny. No, that's what he was doing. You know, he was, you know, and, <laughs> and once again, it's to the point where, like, if you listen to talk radio on the weekend, which I do. Every other show is, hi, I'm Joe Smith. I'm your retirement expert. You know, blah, 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 blah. you want to live that lifestyle. You want to be able to do anything. You want to be, say, it's all about me. Life's all about me. 
That is the most ungodly thing you can say. It's not about you. It shouldn't be about you. It shouldn't be, shouldn't, should, things shouldn't be centered around you. You should be helping other people. Well, I do that once a month. I go to the food pantry. No, every damn day you should be at the food pantry. Not once a month. I'm sorry. <laughs> you feel better? No, it's just, I don't, I don't under, you know, and what, and to me is like when you, when you have a car, like for example, your car you have before you right now, you retired your car. Why did you retire your car? Tell me, go ahead. I'm listening. What, my, my MKS? Yes. Why did you retire it? Because it was falling apart. Exactly. That's my point. And you didn't want it anymore. It doesn't, it didn't. That's not true. I did want it. I just couldn't afford to get it fixed. Well, once again. That, I loved that car. You're, you're making my points. You know, it's, you know, and to the point, like, if you go like, like, what's the places out the, out in the desert, out where they have all the aircraft that like the retired aircraft, there's one place that has all, has all the military aircraft, some air force base out there. And then there's another base, another place that has all the retired, uh, you know, commercial aircraft, all the old 747s and stuff like that. And it's sad. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I, I had to what stop. What does it have to do with retirement? Because they're retired aircraft. And the sad part of it is most it's of It's probably because they're not safe, Brad. No, it's just because because they because yeah. they don't use them anymore because, for example, they don't they, they retired all the 747s because they cost too much to operate. It's not because they're not safe. Because remember, the crazy thing with aircraft is if you maintained a car the way you maintain an aircraft, you could get a million miles out of every car. A million miles, easily. I mean, their aircraft... For one of my smiles? You know, what's interesting is, I've said this before, and I've actually had a couple people say to me, you know, you were right about that. When you get on the aircraft, I learned this from Alan Alan Barklage. You know what the most expensive part of an aircraft is? Any aircraft. Plane, helicopter. You know what the most expensive part is? I'm thinking. You'll never guess it. If I gave you a thousand guesses, you'd never guess this. I don't know. It's the data plate. The when you go into like a commercial aircraft, when you go when you walk into off the jetway. Oh, above the door. Above the door, it's like the plaque that is is the thing. It has the airworthiness certificate and it gives the serial number, the model number, and it gives the year built. If you have that, if that aircraft completely crashes and you know, or let's say it, it's on the tarmac and it catches fire. If you can save that data plate, you can rebuild that aircraft because because there's only you know each aircraft has to be you know manufactured. Matter of fact, there's a, when I used to fly helicopters, Robinson, the helicopter company, has what they call hull insurance. You know, what hull insurance is. Is it like renter's insurance? If you bring back, if you crash a Robinson helicopter and you bring back a mangled piece of a helicopter, I mean, in other words, let's say the helicopter crashes and, you know, thank God people got out of it okay, but let's crash and it's a total loss. If you bring that back to them, they rebuild it. Huh. Because that's what's called hull insurance. In other words, in other words, no matter that's pretty much called quality. Well, no, uh, no, no matter what happens to it, because the fact is, they only have you know they 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 produce so many of those aircraft, and and that's. But the point I was trying to make is, when you look at the aircraft, when you get on the aircraft, a lot of times some of these jets are still from. from I mean, not too much from the eighties, but you'll easily see jets still to this day that are from the nineties and early two thousands. 
And you go like, well, hold on a minute now. If I had a 90s car, the wheels would be falling off and, you know, the engine would be sputtering and, and the catalytic converter would not be catalytic and, you know, stuff like that. Because they maintain and the And the thing. pistons wouldn't be pisting? Yes. I mean, they, they maintain them so well. And, and it's funny because of the fact that, that there are aircraft in service today that was made back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s all the time. All the time. You go out to Spirit. Because that's when they really made stuff to last. Well, that's part of it. <laughs> and part of it was... <laughs> now lot... it's like, don't do that because well, then it'll never come back. But part of it is the older... Stuff lasts so long. I saw... Oh, I'll talk about this next break. I saw this ad for this company that sells modules for cars. And I'm thinking to myself, this is crazy. I mean, like, for example, I looked... Why? Because you were talking about it and then it started so- showing up on your feed? No, 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 no. I, it was, it was, it was, an, it was, an, it was a, a YouTube ad that I saw. This lady comes out, she oh. says, and it's called Flagship One or something like that. And all they do is sell modules for cars, mainly what they call ECM and engine control modules, but all sorts of crazy modules. Modules for your air conditioner, modules for your power windows. I mean, that's the problem nowadays. A car is just, like, so complex. And they're over they're over engineered. I mean, why do you need a module in your door to control your window? You know, remember back in the day you had a module that was called your hand and yeah. you and you, you put your hand on that little knob and you spun that crank around and it always worked. You know, worked. you can't get those. You have to special order them. Most of them they don't even make them anymore. Matter of fact, my one car I had, you know, matter of fact, three cars in a row that got totaled. Not my fault. This is car number two where I got hit at a stop sign. That car was only 11 months old when the light or stoplight when the lady smashed into me at Clarkson. That car was sort of weird. It had power windows in the front, but it had crank windows in the back, which was sort of weird. It's like, okay, power up front, crank in the back. And I'm going like, why did they do that? They probably saved 26 cents on that car when they manufactured it. Anyway, hey, look, we have to take a break. Uh, oh. We go from talking about winter and summer gasoline, and once again, Shelly didn't believe me. You know, she didn't believe me about winter and summer gasoline. Uh, anyway. Well, every time I believe you, it's a big fat lie. Never. It's 630. Always. You know what? I love that song. I know you do. And I just screwed up. <laughs> Are you there, Shelly? I am. Uh, hold on a minute. I just screwed up. <sighs> Okay, I'm unscrewed up now, if that's possible. Okay. Um, it's really hard to get unscrewed, you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Hold on a minute. Here we got, we got here. Hold on a minute. Uh, <laughs> we have, we have Mr. Otten, and here's what he says. Da, 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 da. Where'd it go? Where'd he goes? Uh, is it too early on a Monday morning for a dad joke? Okay. It's never too early. Okay, you ready for this? I'm going to do this with sound effects. You ready? Uh-huh. You're the kind you're kind of like Lionel Richie this morning. Stuck on Ew. Get it? I get it. You're kind of like Lionel Richie this morning, stuck on Ew. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mr. Is Otten. that what he said? I'm reading it right here off the screen. He said ew. That's funny. He also says, "Dad joke." This is interesting. This is interesting. He says, "I know you like this song. You do realize has screaming guitars and is done to the same basic beat as We Will Rock You." We will, we will rock you. It is sort of the same when you think about that. Victoria's Secret. Have to listen to it again. Yes, he's sort of right. I never, (laughs) that never blared out at me. It sort of has that Mr. Rock and Roll. Well, it has that dunk, dunk, do, dunk, dunk, do, dunk, dunk, do. 
dunk, dunk, dunk. You know, that's like, we will re, we dunk, 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 dunk. You know what I mean? What What is that like again? So how come you don't record your drops? I do. No, you don't. They play them on Camo X. <laughs> Zapper. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Keep on going, Sparky. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I got stuff. What? I got crazy stuff to talk about this morning. One of which, once again, sort of makes me mad. There's stuff that just happening right now. It's just like you know, if you read all this garbage that the politicians are feeding us. BS. I mean, you think our show is BS. They've always fed us BS. It's just getting worse. <sighs> like, for example, next next hour, we'll talk about the climate hypocrites. Now, can I tell you something interesting? My daughter, who I don't think she, if you if you gave her sodium pentothal, she might admit that she listens every once in a while to the show. Okay? And apparently, she was listening on, on Friday. Okay? Because... This is what she sends me. Let me see if I can find it. I find the exact quote here. Uh, and I'm not going to embarrass her. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, here it is right here. Okay. She said, she sent to me, you're an educated man and you don't believe in global warming? That's what she sent to me. Apparently, I said something on Friday. She sent it Friday at 8.10 and I said something about it. But see, what's, here's what, here's what I, I do believe in. I believe in climate change and i believe on daily climate change matter matter of fact i have a website dedicated to that you can go to dailyclimatechange.com and I'm, although that website's not done yet i'm still working on it you can see i've got stuff on there that talks about all the crazy crazy weird extremes that happen in st louis for the last 100 years it goes back more than 100 years actually it goes back like 120 plus years it goes back into the 1800s like 130 140 years ago okay and once again, global warming, the hottest days. I got my list right here. I got it right here in front of me. Matter of fact, you know, it's, nobody believes me when I have this. The hottest days ever in St. Louis. The five hottest days in St. Louis. Here's days, uh, here's, here's day number one, 115, 1954. 112, 1954. 111, 1934. 110, 1954. 110, 110, all in, and, uh, there, it was tied, two, three-way tie. Uh, 110 in 54, 110 in 34, 110 in 34. Those are the, are the sixth hottest days ever in St. Louis. What, let me think, 34. There's one, two, there's, there's three 34s and there's three 54s, okay? The six hottest days were almost, what, 34 would have been like, what, 80, 88 years ago, something like that? And 54 would have been like 70, 78 years ago, or no, 68 years ago, okay? Those are the hottest days in St. Louis. Now, once again, if it were, if it were global warming, why wouldn't we have like 120 degrees right now? And, and interesting to the point where, remember, I heard Dave Murphy, Dave Murray on Camo X, just a couple, remember I told you this, I heard him on Camo X. He said, I don't trust the computer models. That's what he said. He's a meteorologist. He's been doing this for years. Everybody in St. Louis loves him. Even though he doesn't live anymore, he lives in Palm Springs, but he still tells us about our weather. So once again, he's a meteorologist who has gobs of experience. Under, he's got a master's degree. He doesn't have a bachelor's in science. He's got a master's of science. And I think he actually was part of the way to a PhD as well, too. He said, I don't believe... What is your master's in? Uh, useless. 
<laughs> what is it really in? Basket weaving, you know. Okay, move on. Um, he said he doesn't believe any forecast longer than seven years or seven months. Or excuse me, let me try that. Seven days. In other words, if someone says, "Hey, the ten-day forecast," he goes, "BS." You know, you can't tell that far out. So which is it? Is it months? No, years? seven days. He said seven oh, days. Seven okay. days. Seven days. I misspoke. Seven days. He said if the for, if someone gives you a forecast, it's like, well, here's what's going to happen in the next thirty days. You're going to go like, eh, BS, because that's that's according to him. And he said that that he says the computer models are flawed. I mean, this is Dave Murray. It's not me, stupid Brad on the radio. It's Dave Dave freaking Murray, you know, the meteorological god in St. Louis. They're, oh, Dave Murray, he's the best. Oh, you know, that kind of stuff. And once again, it's the crazy thing is. He's I've pretty ha- easy on the eyes, too. You think so? Oh, yeah. You like Dave Murray? Did you Did you think Bob Richards was good looking? For being a short man, I do. <laughs> I did. You know, it's been a while since I've told my Bob Richards story. I knew Bob Richards personally, and I'm not bragging go, about go that. Go on with your I, – I didn't mean to interrupt okay, you. I'm okay. sorry. Well, but the point being is – and see, next break, not next break, 7 o'clock hour, I'm going to read you the hypocrites of the global warming stuff. And, you know, now, once again, do I say that there are problems with our environment? Yes, there are. And yet, I get accused of stuff all the time. You know where I was Saturday morning? Take a guess, one of the places I was Saturday morning. I absolutely have no clue where you were on Saturday morning. I was in Valley Park at my favorite Scrap Mart place. Aww. I, I wish that guy Did would they advertise. Say, Hi, Brad. They know me by name. I'm telling you. I, I know. I go down and I recycle stuff all the time. I've been doing this for years and years and years. And people go, you don't believe, you're, you're a terrible, you're not an environmentalist. Okay. See, I disagree with that because you had your can crusher. I got my can crusher. Matter of fact, just I yes, mean, funny. I mean, there because you drink pop. Yesterday, you know, God just, forbid for you to drink water. Just yesterday, but you I was, drink pop and you've got this can crusher. I do, and you sit there and you crush all your cans I, and then you take them somewhere. I, exactly. Matter of fact, I was doing that yesterday. Funny you should mention it. I was crushing cans yesterday. I hadn't crushed cans in a while. I probably crushed about twenty cans yesterday. And I have, I have a recycling bin in my living room. It's a big old recycling bin, you know, with a, with, you know, that's where I put all my, all my aluminum cans. Then I have another place where I have like scraps of wire and stuff like that thing. When I'm doing wiring work, stuff like that. I have a, I have a, I actually have a, a, a Home Depot orange bucket with has all my scraps of wire, you know, little short pieces you can't use anymore. And when that thing's full, I go down and I, you know, they, I get money for that. Uh, matter of fact, this past weekend, I recycled an old air conditioner compressor that had blown up. And guess what? Guess how much money I got? Uh, 200 bucks. No, I wish. $79. <laughs> Seventy nine dollars for that's for, a lot for an old air conditioner that that was you know that was you know was junk. I mean it was it was and and the problem with it is not only the compressor went out, it was the condenser unit outside unit. The compressor went out and it's an R twenty two unit and you can't even get the compressors anymore. You can't get anything R twenty two. It's like gone and you can't use the coil anymore. The only I mean the stuff I saved, I saved the capacitor and and the relay and a couple other things out of it and some of the wiring. I kept some and of the, the wiring. And the 
No, it had a bad framister. I turned that one into. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but but see, it happens. but see, once again, it's like people. Well, you you know, my daughter, my own daughter goes. You don't you. Know, <laughs> and what's here, here's her here's her big mistake. <laughs> she says, "Where's where's her where's her comment again?" <laughs> Let me find it. Is it about me? <laughs> no, her big mistake was. She says, uh, "Hold on a minute." She says, "She says, uh, you're an educated man." She's wrong. I'm a dummy. I have two useless degrees. Now, my oh, daughter, my daughter has... You really have to go there today. My, it's Monday. My daughter Let's has... start out happy and fun and light. And- my daughter has two great degrees. Matter of fact, she got, she's got a double major in international business and Spanish. She used to be able to speak Spanish fluently. I don't know if she can anymore. And she needs to move like... She needs to move like certain parts of Overland. There's like nothing but Mexican people in certain parts of Overland. Do you know that? And there's there's a couple spots in St. Charles as well too. It's like it's like all Mexican. I did families. not know that. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Matter of fact, there's a there's a, a Mexican used to be there's a Mexican uh, grocery store on West Clay, west of Zumble. Did you know that? At least it used to be. West Clay, west of Zumble. Yeah yeah, on the north side of of seventy, west of Zumble, there used to be a Mexican grocery store there. I don't know if I have to go by there and check it, but years ago I go by there all the time and I'd see Mexican people in there at the at the Mexican grocery store. Anyway, huh. she's got two. She's got three degrees. Well, she's got a bachelor's degree, and she's got a JD. She's an attorney. See, that's the universal degree everybody should have. Every should, everybody should be an attorney. Everybody should be an attorney. Everybody. And there are some people that have never gone to law school that think they're an attorney. I know some of those people. I do, too. <laughs> okay, we have to take a break. Hold <laughs> my, my daughter texting me. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold on a minute. Uh, do you know why? Do you know why she texted me? Why? <laughs> I'm going to embarrass her. <laughs> what? Let me find the text. Hold on a minute. I got to find it. <laughs> oh, okay, here it is. Um, speaking of floods, we need to talk about my shower handle. It's getting harder and harder to turn. All she wants to do is me fix stuff. <laughs> Well, it's because you're MacGyver. <laughs> That's my daughter. You're like one of those dudes that can do anything. <laughs> it's 647. Well, it is. Hi, this is one That's so true. Show. I am Brad. She is Shelly. I think I got it right for a change. Uh, one of my favorite all-time songs. I'm sorry. I just love that song. I do. Avril Lavigne. And you Were know, you she... a skater boy? No, 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 no. But, but, but that's the song that you should play if you've got girls in high school. Make them sh- make sure they they learn that song because that's the way it is. The cool dudes, the guys who are like captain of the football team. Like I went to my ten year high school reunion. My team, my football team, we tied for state. Don't ask me how we tied. That was just a deal back then. They didn't have a rule about tiebreakers. And at the end of regulation play, we were tied with Cape Girardeau, whatever it was, and we were co state champions. So my ten year reunion. Here were all the stud bat- base uh, football players. They all look like, I mean, you know, we we're back 27, 28, 29 back then, 10-year reunion. They all look like they're like in their 50s. None of them had hair. All of them had beer guts. Three, three, yeah, but did, did the um, three of them had walkers. alumni think that they were dead? <laughs> that was me. I know. <laughs> that was my... That <laughs> That's was, why I'm bringing it that up. That was SIU Edwardsville that declared me dead in 19, what is it, 1988? <laughs> Which is sort of funny. Yes, my university declared me dead, <laughs> which is actually 
Anyway, going back to the high school reunion thing. I'm sorry. Um, but see, and what's interesting about it is, do you think like back in its day, do you think like women were going, oh, it's Bill Gates. Oh, Bill, we love you. You're so handsome. Oh, we think you're such a stud. No, they wouldn't have anything to do with Bill Gates. And, and Elon Musk, Elon Musk was probably some nerd boy, you know what I mean, like sitting over in the corner, you know, hey, 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 let's go to the library and we'll, we'll, we'll study we'll study Einstein. No, I'm not going with you. I was super shy. You were super shy? I was. Did you go, did you go, did you hang out with the football guys? No, I was hanging out on the bleachers. <laughs> that's like one of my, <laughs> that's like one of my favorite uh, uh, Toby Keith songs. Yeah, I know. How do you like me now? By the way, he's not doing well. Do you know about about this? No. He's got cancer, unfortunately. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm trying. He's not that old. I think he's like in his fifties, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look at it here. Um, and and you know what? He's such a down. I mean, now at least this is how I look at him. He's sort of a down to earth kind of guy. Matter of fact, when we were in Afghanistan, he did a couple tours in Afghanistan, went over there and played for the guys, you know, the whole bit. Uh, let me see, Toby. I always wanted to do a USO tour. Toby I Keith. can't sing or do anything oh, creative. He's, he's but older than I thought he I was. I would have loved to have done that. He's 61. He was born in, he was born, he was born in 61, and he actually is 61. Clinton, Oklahoma. Um, American cowboy singer, country music singer, songwriter, actor, record producer. Known professionally by his given names, Keith. Also, his real name is Toby Keith Covell, C-O-V-E-L. Released his first studio album in 1993, blah, 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 blah. Uh, these albums all earned gold or higher certification, produced several top 10 signals, including his Should Have Been Cowboy, which topped the country charts and the most played country song of the 90s. Interesting. Song has received three million spins since its release, according to Broadcast Music Incorporated. Um, three million spins. Yeah. Signed a DreamWorks record, Nashville '98. Keith released his breakthrough single, "How Do You Like Me Now," in late '99. One of my all-time favorite songs. Great video. Yeah, and, and it's a great video. And he, it's, it's once again, he's a it's high, awesome. He's a high school nerd, and he tries to date one of the cheerleaders, and she just gives him the old, "Hey, you're just a nerd. I have nothing, no interest in you." And then he comes back to his high school. And invites her. It's you got to watch the video. Some people would say it's hokey. I like yeah, spoiler alert. I like hokey videos. I like things that are like. Oh, I think hokey. it's adorable. Well, it's it's. I think it's it's almost every guy's dream to like you know like I mean like for example in high school I got in trouble all the time. Why I did? You I didn't got in, do your homework. No, I got in trouble all. I, my senior year, my senior year was a disaster. It really was. I told well, you, you weren't even supposed to be there. I, I told you the story. I, my first day of my senior year, I get called down to the counselor's office. I sit down. Here's this brand new, fresh, you know, counselor who's probably only like four years older than me. She was like 22, right out of college. And she looks at me and she goes, what are you doing here? I go, well, you called me down. <laughs> what do you mean, what am I doing here? No, no, no. What are you doing in school? I go, it's my senior year. Here I am. She goes, you should have graduated early. You got all these extra credits, blah, blah. I go, what? And she says, you could have easily graduated last year in December. Matter of fact, you could have graduated a whole year early. She says, did your counselors never talk to you about this? I never saw a counselor <laughs> until her. I never saw a counselor. So I'm going like, I'm stuck. And that my senior year was a disaster. I mean, it was just, it was just like I wasted a year of my life. It was just a waste of my life. It really was. Anybody go, oh, my senior year. Oh, it's terrible for me. And not one, not two, but three teachers. I don't think I've ever told this story before. Three teachers in my senior year 
called me into their 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 classroom, like when they didn't have a license, their their open hour, whatever you call it, their free hour, you know what I mean? And they they wrote me a hall pass and they got me out of my regular class. One, two, three of my teachers tried to save me with God. Of course they did. <laughs> They had little little booklets and the whole bit, and they said that I was going in the wrong direction. That you were going to go to hell? <laughs> yeah, I think I think they're still right. <laughs> I'm still headed in the wrong direction. <laughs> well, you didn't know it was going to be a living hell, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, here I got my stupid. Do you get these? Do you get these pop-ups? I've got a computer that has a brand new install of Windows on it. I get these stupid pop-ups from Windows. <laughs> I don't want the Windows pop-ups. Don't you know? God it drives me nuts. Okay, we have to take a like break. Prostate. <laughs> you know what that means when Shelly says do. that. That's the throwdown. Whenever Shelly says that, I have to find it, and there it is. Here it is, right here. I had prostate problems that were driving me nuts. Okay, now we have. To... I like that man. <laughs> you know, he's dead now. Now we... I know he's dead, but I liked him. <laughs> now we have to take a break. It's six fifty-nine. Break. It is BS show. Take your little finger and point it in the mirror. That's what you do, Shelly. Take your little finger, point it in the mirror. I do that every day. <laughs> I pointed at myself, and it's all your fault. That's what I say. With your full phalange, yeah. third phalange. No, with my with my number number two, not third. Okay. Um, oh. Think about that for a minute. Okay. Uh, by the way, and if you look at the mirror and you can't see yourself, you know what you need. You need Dr. J.J. Lant. Yes. Yes. At Four Circles Vision Therapy right there in Highway K. He is in uh, O'Fallon right next to Lufu's Jeep. Matter of fact, on the north entrance to Lufu's Jeep, if you go into that entrance, if you make a right, you're in the Jeep parking lot. If you make a left, you're in the Dr. Lant parking lot right there. Four, cir- four Circles Vision Therapy. He's an optometrist. He specializes in not so good vision like guys like me. Um, I told my story. I had... Uh, LASIK surgery, 2002. It's never a good thing when you're being operated and the doctor says, oh, S blank, blank, T. And and things went downhill from there. He's the only guy who's ever been able to help me. Only guy. And not only is he a nice guy, he knows what he's talking about. And he specializes in vision therapy. If you have kids, lazy eye kind of stuff, uh, kids having trouble reading. Uh, Matter of fact, sometimes even playing sports, being able to pick up the ball, baseball, volleyball, football, stuff like that, he can help. So check him out. Four Four Circles Vision Therapy. He's on the web at fourcirclesvision.com. Check him out. Great guy. And he really is a great guy. He really is. He's just a really, really good human. You know, some doctors you go to and he's like, okay, you know, okay, tell me what's your problem. Okay, okay, here, take this. Uh, here's a prescription. Go stuff these pills in your mouth. Come back and see me in a month. He's not that kind of a guy. He wants to know what's going on with you, ask you questions about your personal life, especially with vision. You know, do you drive? You know, do you have trouble at night? You know, all those kind of things. And he wants to try to figure out how he can help you. And most of the time he can. Except with Shelly, he goes like, okay, Shelly, you're lost cause. Get out of here. (laughs) He's like, we don't have glasses big enough. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Shelly. Because I like those big glasses that cover. I actually have a pair of glasses from the 80s. I don't. Like, seriously, from the 80s that are huge. They cover up almost half my face. I'm going to get new lenses put in. It's like the current trend in women's glasses. I don't get it. Like what, those big glasses? Those Rachel Maddow. Those Rachel Maddow glasses. It's like, you know, it's like I don't know who that is. She's the gal on on what? On MSNBC. She wears the big black rimmed glasses. You know. Well, I I mean, don't know like about that. for example, if you look cute. at pictures from dudes from the 50s, that's the kind of glasses she wears. You know. Cat glasses? What's that? 
cat eye glasses? No, 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 no. I said dudes from the 50s. You know, and dudes oh, have me. the great big thick black, you know. But... Oh, you mean when dudes were really dudes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't say that anymore. So anyway. Oh, I just uh, See, <laughs> I don't understand that. Why would you accentuate your face with ugly glasses? Beautiful women in ugly glasses. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And, I, and you know, I, I saw a picture the other day of some woman that had, like, big, thick, I mean, big, not the lenses, but the frames. I swear the frames were, like, three-quarters of an inch. I'm going, like, okay, that's just ugly. And they were, like, black and white striped. Like, she had, like, zebra face glasses on. I'm going, like, zebra face. No, that's what it looked like. I'm going, like, that is just ugly. You take the glasses off, beautiful woman. Put the glasses on, ugly woman. You know what I mean? Just, it just, you know, once again, I don't get it. But, you know, a lot of things I don't get. Okay. I found this article. Actually, someone sent me this article. It wasn't my daughter because she would be she would be upset with me. Okay, let's call these people climate hypocrites. Okay, Steven Steel, uh, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg. You know, in the past two months, he's burnt a hundred and sixteen thousand dollars worth of jet fuel. Okay, now keep in mind. Uh, Spielberg criticized Americans who, quote, go blithely through life without worrying about their carbon footprint in 2018. He said that. He said, people should worry about their their climate footprint. I'll read you the first paragraph of the story. A private jet belonging to Steven Spielberg has burned more than $116 worth of jet fuel since June, despite the famous Hollywood director's past warnings about global warming, according to a flight tracking database. Spielberg's plane, a Gulfstream G650, which I believe is probably like... I believe that's like about a 40 or $50 million aircraft. I looked that up. Has burnt at least $116,000 worth of jet fuel over the course of 16 trips spanning nearly 17,000 miles since June 23rd. Now, this is where everybody gets himself in trouble. <coughs> Excuse me. This is from ADB, ADS-B Exchange. ADS-B is this new, it's not new, but it hasn't been around for a long time. It's this new data system. When you're flying, it's constantly sending data out about your plane it's essentially trying to avoid mid-air collisions and stuff like that but it's you know sending out your airspeed altitude and stuff like that that's how they track elon musk and stuff like that um the figures aren't likely to under underestimate since the database can't calculate fuel and distance metrics of at least three trips made by spielberg's jet however spielberg has previously stated that global warming quote terrified him and ripped people who quote go blithely through life without caring about their impact on the environment now get this I'm terrified of global warming, Spiel remarked during a 2018 interview for his film, Ready Player One. Global warming is a scientific reality. It's not a political trick. It's a true piece of real, measurable, quantifiable science. Okay? Thank you, Mr. Spielberg. Now, here's the interesting thing. Most people, they said most people, here I'll find this. Most people, uh, your typical carbon footprint is um, the average American on an annual basis emits 16 tons of of carbon. That's your carbon footprint. So the average American, 16 tons per year. Last year, just his jet emitted 179 tons of carbon dioxide, 10 times more than the average person. Don't you, doesn't that drive you crazy when you read that kind of stuff? Some, oh, it's the, it's the climate, we have, the, the climate, global climate change. And the dude's flying around his private jet, 179 tons of carbon dioxide. Oh, hold it, hold it, hold it. Or the last two months. Average person, here, 16, 
average person a uh, average person has an annual carbon footprint of 16 tons that's annual his jet emitted 179 tons of carbon dioxide in two months so in two months he did 10 times the amount of people of average person's carbon footprint in a year i mean shelly what do you think about that tell me um shame on him i don't know i do have a question though go ahead so he's got a fairly big plane right uh golfstream g uh g650 i think that's the most current model they have i believe that's like a 12 passenger jet i'll look that up okay well in the scheme of things it's not that bad where would he land here if he came to st louis he could land would it be lambert or st or spirit he could land at either one, or even downtown parks. He could land at downtown parks, whatever they call it now, bi-state parks or whatever. Bi-state parks, I still yeah. call it bi-state parks, downtown. Yeah, he could land either one. Matter of fact, there, there's big jets that land over, over uh, downtown parks. Matter of fact, the uh, hockey teams, I think a lot of the hockey teams, when they fly into St. Louis. Fly land, out of there? Yeah, oh, yeah, land, land in there. That's, that's, I think that, that runway is like six or 7,000 feet long. It's a pretty long runway. And huh. Spirit is is as well too. Spirit. <coughs> okay, what's the call letter for? What's the call sign for Spirit? S U S. Very good. You're very good. Now go. Let me go. Ahead. Now here, let's let's go. Let's take them one time. Spielberg isn't the only Hollywood celebrity who has warned about global warming while taking private jets around the world. Actor Leonardo DiCaprio went on multiple fossil fuel trips over the last several years while pushing for extreme measures to combat climate change. In 2016, DiCaprio reportedly flew 8,000 miles via private jet from Europe to New York City to accept an award for his environmental activism. Here we go again. 8,000 miles in a private jet to get an award for environmental activism. Okay? He then returned to Europe for a charity event. (laughs) That same year, DiCaprio took a private jet to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. At the summit, WEF gave DiCaprio its crystal award for, quote, leadership in tackling the climate crisis. See what I'm saying? Hypocrites. It's like the same thing with John Kerry. It's the same thing. Remember when Bernie Sanders was running for president? He's going, global warming, it's terrible. It's going to kill us all. And one reporter said to him, Mr. Sanders, you fly around in your jet. Isn't that global warming? And he says, what do you want me to do, walk? <laughs> it's okay for them to fly around. But you and me, uh, you know, we got our little four-cylinder car. Oh, my God, we're just polluting. Yeah. I uh... <laughs> I saw a friend, and he was driving a Jag, Yeah. and so I texted him, I'm like, nice car. He goes, well, a guy's got to have a ride to work. <laughs> That's true. Um, oh, that was so funny. Says, Here's another Spielberg quote. People have to come around to believing that this is, we are going to have a kind of confront- confrontation with destiny unless we do something about it today, mm-hmm. Spielberg said. Okay, so in two months... He goes through 179 tons of carbon. That's his carbon footprint. And the average American does 16 tons per year carbon footprint. It just drives me crazy. And once again, I have people that accuse my, my daughter. She, you, you don't believe in global climate change. I believe in daily climate change. And like, for example, I think this morning, right now, let me look at the temperature. <laughs> I'll tell you, I believe in daily climate change. I believe it. It's the truth. Okay, let me do this. I'll go here. I'll go right here. I'll go this. Uh, right now, it is 65 degrees. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be in the in the high 80s. So just today, we're going to have 20 degrees of of daily climate change. Matter of fact, yesterday. Uh, and on Sunday, Saturday, I had it where I was at twice. It like all of a sudden the skies opened up and it rained like crazy for like 20 minutes and it was gone. 
Did you have any rain on Saturday? I don't think I did. I did. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, matter of fact, I was at the station. I, I thought, you know, the one studio we have is real soundproof. And I'm going like, is that rain? Because I had the door of the studio open. I go, is that rain? And I looked outside. It's pouring. Sun's out, pouring down rain. Okay, whatever. <sighs> okay, one other thing to talk about. What's that? My prostate. Oh, is it giving you nuts? Is it driving you nuts? <laughs> I already did that one. I know. Okay, I you're find, really having a problem with your prostate. I am. I find this what's absolutely wrong. What's wrong? Yeah. What's wrong? She asks. Yeah. I had prostate problems that were driving me nuts. I know. What's wrong? You sit there and call my stuff out all over the air. What's wrong with you? Well, you want me to be honest with you? Yeah. That's my problem. Uh huh. I'm super lonely. Talk to the hand, Brad. <laughs> People are suffering. People are dying. Sometimes I just crack myself up. Bend down and whisper in my ear. How dare you? How dare you? My neighbors never talk to me anyway because they think I don't own a bra. How dare That's you? True. My neighbors never talk to me anyway because they think I don't own a bra. How dare you? You know, every now and then I have to go outside and run the vacuum cleaner over the driveway just to make sure that my neighbors never talk to me. How dare you? I don't wear a mask for the same reason I don't wear underwear. Things gotta breathe. How dare you? I'm sorry. I get carried away. Sorry, not sorry. Is that pretty much what we got going on here? <laughs> okay. Have you been in any of the gas stations? Hold on. Who's texting me? <laughs> have you been in any of the gas stations that has that have the gambling machines? I have not. You have not. Okay. No, QT is pretty much the only gas, gas station I go to to actually get gas. They know you by name. Hey, it's well, They really don't. It's Shelly. They do know me. Because I bought a lighter. I think I mentioned this before. I bought this lighter and it was it said good vibes on it. Right. And it was it was colorful and it looked fun and it said good vibes and that's what I'm all about is good vibes. And if you look at it closer, I was like, Oh my gosh. And the clerk says he was twelve. He said, What's wrong? I go, This lighter. See what it says? Good vibes. Yeah. The rest of the little Things, sperm. They took them off the shelves. Get out. I swear. I actually kept my lighter, even though it didn't have any butane in it anymore, because it was so fun. It was like the funnest lighter I've ever had. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> I'm leaving that alone. Okay. Can't touch this. Don't want to. <laughs> okay. Jefferson City, Missouri gaming regulators have recorded nearly 100 reports of illegal slot machines this year as the unregulated industry continues to flood the state with gambling devices. Have you seen any of these things? I have not. They're like slot machines, but they're not. And what's interesting about it is they're legal, but they're not. Okay. Because supposedly the loophole is when you play the game, it tells you what's your next game's going to... It tells you how the next, whatever, spin or whatever you call it, it's going to turn out. Why would they do that? Because that's the way it's not gambling. 
Now, the article talks about the fact that the Missouri Gaming Commission is upset because of the fact that people are calling them trying to find out how they get these machines in their in their gas stations and places like that. Uh, it talks about another person who called Missouri Gaming uh, Commission was fishing for information about how to enter a racket that was befuddled law enforcement officials based on pliant state gambling laws. Quote, callers want to know how to get a license and get suspected illegal machines in his business, report said. Unlike Illinois and other states where video gambling is taxed and regulated by the government, Missouri officials have been unable to stop politically connected companies from transforming gas stations and bars into gaming stops for customers. In response, the Gaming Commission opened an online portal to gather complaints, which are then forwarded to Highway Patrol for further investigation. Some of those complaints have yielded charges and penalties in counties where prosecuting attorneys are willing to take the matter before a judge. For a caller seeking to get machines placed in their business, the Gaming Commission does not assist them. When calls come in about how people can put machines in their business, we tell them these types of machines are not regulated by the state of Missouri, said Elizabeth Hoffman, spokesman, blah, 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 blah. Although agencies like Missouri Lottery have urged lawmakers and law enforcement officials to take action, it is rare to see a gas station in many parts of the state that does not have the machines. The owners of the slot machines argue that they are not illegal, saying a feature on the device lets players know if they will win the next game. That's the loophole that makes them not illegal. So in other words, if you're playing, it says, hey, if you play again, you're going to win. You go, I'll play. Yeah, but if you're not going to win, why would you play? Well, that's the whole point. <laughs> Essentially, it's like, see, the, here's the difference. If you go to the casino and you sit out at the blackjack table and the dealer says, hey, I'm going to deal you three hands. The first hand you're going to lose. The next two hands you're going to win. Then it's not gambling because he's told you what's going to happen. How he knows that, who knows? He's got the deck stacked. So he knows he's going to be able to deal you cards that you're going to lose the first hand, and then the, the second and the third hand you're going to win. That's not gambling. If 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 I told you, hey, like what is it tomorrow night is the Mega Ball, whatever it is. If I said, hey, Shelly, you want to win a Mega Ball tomorrow night? I know the numbers. That's not gambling. If the if like this if state would come out, if like Missouri would come out and say, hey, if you go to the uh, the Quickie Mart and you get the number twelve scratch off card. Every number 12 scratch-off card, you're going to win your money back at least. In other words, if you buy, if it's a $2 scratch-off card, every card is going to give you at least $2. People are like, well, I'm going to go buy that card. It's not gambling. It's not gambling then because you know you're going to win. That's the difference. The machine tells you you're going to either win or lose the next hand or whatever they play. Now, in Illinois, the casinos, you know, the, the gaming commission has actually put, like, I think you can go to, like, the bars over in uh, no, like, I think Fast Eddie's has them. And they're regular, you know, gaming terminals, you know, connected to the state and the whole bit. And you're actually gambling on those. Because I've been into, there's a couple gas stations, I won't mention names, but there's one right there, matter of fact, near your house on Mid Rivers, right across from from uh, from Deerberg. So you know what I'm talking about. You go in the front door to the left, there's three machines. Sometimes there's people in there playing them, sometimes they're not. That's interesting. And and I've never been in there and noticed that. Go in and take a look. See, I'll I'll never forget this. <laughs> I take my son to the broadcasters convention. God, when he was like, I think he was fifteen, fourteen or fifteen, and he's never been to Las Vegas before. And I said to him, Okay, I go, I go, you're not gonna believe Las Vegas. There's slot machines everywhere. And he looked at me and said, Really? I go, Yeah, they're in the seven eleven stores. He goes, Yeah, right, Dad. They have slot they have game they have slot machines in the seven elevens. I go, and it was a Saturday morning. We left town, we left St. Louis like seven o'clock in the morning, got into Las Vegas like nine o'clock. Okay. And they're and in the airport terminal. They're everywhere. That blew him away first. We get off the jetway. He goes, Oh my god, there's there's slot machines everywhere. I go, Well, guess where we're going? 
we're going to 7-Eleven. <laughs> and he's going like, yeah, right, Dad. So I get, we get our rental car, jump in the car. First thing, he's amazed that I don't, I don't have, you know, I didn't use my phone for navigation. I just come out of the rental, you know, the rental company place there at the airport. It was now Reed Airport. It used to be McCarran, but they got rid of him because they didn't like him. They put him Harry Reed instead. It's not Reed Airport. So I drive down on the strip. Pull into a 7-Eleven. First off, he's amazed. I knew exactly where I was going. We walk in. It's Saturday morning at 9.30. We walk in the door. To the left of us, there's six slot machines. There's somebody at each slot machine playing the slot machines at 6 o'clock in the morning at a 7-Eleven in Las Vegas. He's like, I don't believe it. You were telling me the truth. I go, it's everywhere. Everywhere you go. You know, everywhere you go in, in Las Vegas, there's slot machines. Why didn't you say to him, honey, I always tell you the truth. Except for the whole Easter Bunny Santa Claus thing. But he knows me too well. <laughs> that's why That's why I wouldn't tell. <laughs> that's exactly why I didn't believe you. <laughs> didn't believe me about what? What were we talking about? <laughs> Never mind. Okay. I know what we were talking okay, about. Okay, we have to take a break. It is 726. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together we make BS. Right, Shelly? Absolutely. Uh, and you know what? You know what else we do? We promote people's businesses like West Community Credit yep. Union. Our business growing your business. Yes. That's what we do. West Community Credit Union. If you want to be unbanked, meaning you don't have to go to a bank, you can go to a credit union. There's a lot of differences. Go to, to West Community and check it there out. There is a lot of differences, and they're all good for the people. For the patron. They have a brand new location on Highway N in Lake St. Louis. Your location's been there a long time right there on Highway K, about a half mile north of 40. Uh, It's called, I think, being unbanked. And when you go to credit union, you get certain kind of things you can't get the bank. One of the interesting things you get at a credit union, for the most part, is really good service. Yes. I'm not saying that banks don't provide service, but somehow... I've been with a credit union for... Long time, right? Um... About 37 years, the same one. Right. It's changed names over the years, but I've been with them for about 37 years. Right. Shelly used to be with the FAA Credit Union. Where No, it was actually a Boeing Credit Union. It was called Aerospace. Well, it was, it was the FAA Credit Union because what happened was you had to call them on a radio. I'm coming in for our approach to uh, drive through lane number two. Okay, uh, Miss Barr, you're cleared for our approach on driveway on drive uh, drive through number two. Okay, thank you. Winds are three zero at twenty. You are so <laughs> full of it. That's the FAA Credit Union. <laughs> mm-hmm. By the way, way I watch weird videos. I watch YouTube videos all the time. Yes, we know. And there's this guy. I'm gonna try to get the guy on on trying to get him on radio here. He's a seven four seven pilot, and his name is Kelsey, and his 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 uh. YouTube channel is 74 Gear. And he does all sorts of interesting videos. You know, and he's, I don't know exactly who he flies for. He flies for some company that flies uh, cargo. He mainly flies 747s. And he flies all over the world. But he also flies every once in a while, flies the pregnant guppy aircraft. You know what I'm talking about? Ever seen that one? The 747 that's like, it's like a cargo thing, but it looks like somebody blew it up, you know, like with a balloon. It's got like a great big, it's not, it's like super tall. It's like matter Does of fact, it have wings? Oh yeah, you know, it's a 747. Is it like um supposedly what is that called a blimp? No, supposedly they were built actually by Boeing for use by Boeing. And what they did was because a lot of the planes now, like when they make the seven the Dreamliner 
Dreamliners, 787s, they're not all built in one place. So the fuselage is built in one place, then they ship it you know, around the world, whatever. And supposedly that's what these planes were for, to move parts of planes. Smartest woman in the world would know the whole story. But anyway, so the other day, um, I watched this video, and this is one of the sad ones where he uses the air traffic controller, um, you know, audio, back and forth between the pilots and the ATCs. And this yeah. is American Flight. Can this... you do that still? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's there's websites you can go and get that. I mean, oh, okay. it's on, it's on, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like. you used to be able to plug into the plane. I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the pilot dies. What? A 787 or 7, 757 American Airlines. The pilot has a heart attack and dies in the air. So what he was doing was he was showing how, how this complicates things because when you have a pilot you co-pilot, think? well, no, 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 you have a pilot co-pilot. You have one who's actually fly, flying. It could be the pilot or the first officer with the, you know, the co-pilot, and one is flying. One is what they call observing. And typically, the guy who is flying is not the guy on the radio. Now, the guy on the yeah. radio is yeah, the guy who is not on the controls, and he's the observer and he's doing stuff like that. So anyway, the first officer calls the tower and declares a health emergency. And says that the the pilot is unresponsive, and they need to they need to land at the nearest airport. So I mean, and once again, here's the first officer who's now solo. He doesn't have a co-pilot. He's in control of the aircraft. He's got, and they always do this. It's sort of interesting. I don't know why they do this, but if you declare an emergency, the air traffic controller their procedure is they ask how many souls on board and how yep. much and how much fuel you have. Yeah, that's the questions I always ask, and he says 154 souls on board, and then they give X amount of fuel. You know, so many pounds or so many. Usually, it's in pounds. So he's talking back and forth between the air traffic controller, and he's doing everything. Now, don't know what's going on on the aircraft. For all I know, maybe the pilot's still sitting there in the in a seat, unfortunately dead, or maybe they pulled him out of the seat and the flight attendants are trying to, you know, zap him with the, uh, I don't know if they have an AED in most of the planes, but they're probably, somebody's probably, was probably doing, you know, a CPR on the whole bit. And the interesting point, the thing he was pointing out was that when he landed, and he, this is interesting because he talks about that pilots and air traffic controllers do this dance back and forth, that the, a good air traffic controller will never tell a pilot what to do other than like use runway three zero, you're cleared for landing, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. He'll make suggestions. He'll say, you know, when the guy declares emergency, he says, okay, uh, sir, uh, you can use runway one zero or you can run, use runway two eight, your choice. And the pilot says, I'll take two eight. And then the interesting part of it is he says, when you come to the end of the runway, stop at the de-icing pad and we will have the emergency equipment respond. Now, you know what I'm talking about? The de-icing pad? Um, I don't, actually. Okay, out at the airport, air, every airport, almost every airport has this, where in the winter, these are the northern airports, you know, like we have them here in St. Louis. There's a port, there's a spot out at the airport where before the jet takes off, the jet taxis over to this de-icing pad, and the truck sprays them down with the de-icing fluid. 
to keep the you know the the you know if there's if there's already some ice on the wings, this stuff will melt the ice and it also keep the ice off until they get out of the icing conditions. Okay, and typically in most airports there's a special area where they do this, and some is actually on the charts that shows the icing pad. Anyway, the air traffic controller tells them use runway ten at the end of runway end of runway ten right at the end of runway. There's a de-icing pad, and the pilot says. Will the emergency equipment be able to get into the plane? Think about that for a minute. Like, Why would he say something like that? Because of the fact that, think about it. Oh, because the pilot is... Mm. No, if you don't go to a gate, the door is like 15 feet above the ground. See what I'm saying? So in other words... Yeah, but they've got those <laughs> gates, those... uh. Who's he what so they can just roll over there? The the guy, the pilot talked about this. This is Kelsey talks about this. He says at some airports they have them, some they don't. He said they've had instances where they've had to, you know, land and, and have the the what they call the air stairs brought up to the plane. Sometimes they, you know, they don't they hardly use them. Like in Lambert, they probably hardly ever use them. Sometimes they won't start. Sometimes the guy doesn't know how to drive them. So they're going back and forth and and and, and he and the air traffic controller says, let me check. And the pilot says, essentially, he said, I don't think there's going to be a way to get the pilot out of the aircraft if we land at the de-icing pad. And the air traffic com- controller comes back and says, sir, you're correct. Land at gate number six. You know, when you land, you know, take, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> taxiway, bravo, and go to gate six. Because that way, they can immediately access the plane. They pull up to the jetway. The jetway, you know, pulls up to the side of the plane. Bonk, the emergency equipment, you know, emergency personnel jump on the plane right away. Bonk, put them on gurney, roll them right out. And what he was saying was that good, that good air traffic controllers and good pilots communicate back and forth and cooperate with each other, with each other and make suggestions. And once again, he said, and he said, listen to the tape. And he rolls it back in. The pilot never said, you stupid air traffic controller. How are we going to get him on the plane if we go to the de-icing pad? Instead, the pilot said, I don't know if will they be able to get him off the plane at the de-icing pad. And the air traffic controller says, you know what? Let me check. And then he goes, you know what? They can't. Because he checked with the, the responders and said, can you get him off the plane at the de-icing pad? No, we can't. We could put, you know, the fire truck and show up there and put a ladder up to it, you know. But once again, how do you get a guy who's unresponsive down a ladder? I mean, you could do the fireman carry, but, you know, once again. They this... put him in a big bag. No, they don't put him in a bag. Yes, they do. They put him in a bag? What are you talking yes. about? Yes. And they dump him out the door? <laughs> no, they don't dump him out the door. They carry him out the door. But the point being, <laughs> you're ruining my whole story. I'm sorry, Go. <laughs> The point being that the air traffic controller and the pilot are communicating back and forth and they're working together to solve a problem. And essentially they, they did go to gate six, can't remember, I think it was at Rochester, Rochester, New York, and they went to gate six and sure enough, they got in there and unfortunately the pilot had died, 57 years old, had a heart attack. There's, there's a famous video of this guy who, sort of a rich guy, he's from Alabama, he's from a Southern boy. And he has his own private plane, but he doesn't, he doesn't fly it. He has a pilot. And he's sitting in the co-pilot seat, and they're flying back from someplace in Florida. He's flying back to Alabama. And his pilot has a heart attack and falls over in the controls. Literally, you know, boom, you know, falls. And, and he calls his wife. His wife has to come up. And they, they couldn't get him out of the seat. So his wife, like, grabbed something, like, wrapped around the seat so he'd, you know, like, be sitting upright in the seat. But he was dead. 
And then the the pilot or the you know the guy who owned the plane, who was not a pilot, they talked him through landing, and they talked him through you know. And the thing is, the interesting part of it is, as he's flying cross country, you can't talk to the same air traffic controller the entire time because you get handed off. You're talking to a guy, you know, like in St. Louis, you have, you know, you know about this. You have what you call the approach mm-hmm. and departure controllers and then the actual uh, air traffic controllers at, at, you know, at the airport and stuff like that. So when you're coming in for a landing, you know, you're traveling cross country. Let's say you're, you're going from like California to St. Louis. That pilot may talk to like five or six different people. You know, they hand him off. He's coming out of L.A. The tower, you know, the tower guy clears him out of LAX. Then he goes to departure control. Departure control hands him off to another guy. He's flying cross country. Talks to another guy. Then he, he talks to another guy. Then he talks to a guy or gal. Then he talks to approach control at Lambert. Then he talks to the air traffic controller. So that was what the video was. And they have all the audio of this. And the guy does a perfect landing. I mean, it's unbelievable. And the interesting thing was, you know how they, because the air traffic controller, the guy who talked him in the land, he wasn't a pilot, but he had a friend who was a pilot. So they call him on the phone and he says, hey, Jim, I'm here here at work. We got a guy flying in and his pilot's dead and this guy doesn't know how to fly a plane. Can you talk me through it? So he's on the phone with his buddy. The air traffic controller is on the phone with his buddy saying, okay, check this, your airspeed should be X amount of knots, blah, 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 do this, blah, 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 blah. And he's relaying all this information. Anyway, they had a big ceremony where the, all the FAA people gave him an award and the whole bit, and he congratulated all. And there were like there were like 12 people from the FAA that helped in this thing. And once again, there's video of the guy coming in for landing. You couldn't have done a more perfect landing. And this guy never landed a plane before. It's bizarre. It's beautiful, actually. Well, one of those things. And you go out to Lambert now, no planes I'm sorry? In. I said, you go out to Lambert now, no planes coming in. That's because it's all the migratory waterfowl. <laughs> no, it's not. It's sad. It's <laughs> Once upon a time, Lambert was this vital this airport. This happened, joint. Yes, <laughs> now it was. Now it's like Snoozeville. You know? It's like <laughs> you go out there on a Saturday afternoon. It's like, do they use this airport anymore? Does anybody land here anymore? Does anybody take off here anymore? Did you they were going to move southwest to the main terminal? Yeah, they're going to tear. They're, oh, they're talking. They're talking about tearing everything down and rebuilding the whole airport with one terminal. But that was a specific built airport. And it's the world's best terminal. You get off the, you get out of your, if you're, somebody drops you off at the departure gate, you walk through the front door, you walk about 20 feet to the TSA checkpoint, and then if you're lucky, you go through the TSA checkpoint. If you get, I think it's gate number 10 or number 9 or something like that, it's right there. So from your door of your car to the gate is eh. 150 feet and they want to tear it down and they want to make it to the point where it's like, don't get me going about stuff like this. It's like, it's like, here we go in St. Louis. Okay. You go to other countries and there's buildings that are like four five, 600 years old. You know, St. Louis, 20 years old. Let's tear it down. Eh, well, we we caught, do do that. Eh, don't we? Well, you said doo-doo. Yeah. It's just like, did say just doo-doo. like the Culver, <laughs> that Culver house behind Powell Symphony Hall. Yeah, that's beautiful just building, and those sick. stupid symphony people tore it down. Oh, we don't, I would have loved. We to don't have just like it. Taking a little, we don't, bonk, we don't know, want little, little trip in there just to kind of we don't feel want the that, vibe. We want to, we don't want that building. We're building our new rehearsal hall. We have to tear it down. We got a hundred million dollars. We're going to spend it on new rehearsal hall. God, drives, mm. drives me crazy. They are cray cray. Yeah, crazy people. It's seven forty something. I can't see it. You know, I love that song, and I wasn't exactly sure um, what the lyrics were 
because there's one part where she says, where she sings that this is like the, I guess, the hook. She says, I saw you out. You there, right? By the way, I should assume you're there. Are you there? Who, me? Yes, you. I'm always here, <laughs> no, Brad. No, the man in the moon. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, well, you weren't specific. Well, you're my co-host. No, no, you're the host. I'm the co-host. Okay. No, that's not true. You are the host. No. I am the co. Okay. I saw you out. It was zero degrees, and you had your hands right under her sleeves. I thought she was saying under her knees. I'm going like, why would he have his hands under her knees? That doesn't make Think any sense. Think about it, Brad. Well, <laughs> under her knees? No, okay. I saw you Maybe out. Maybe because his hands were cold. I do that, don't you? But here's what she's Put saying. Put your hands underneath your knees? No, no, no. Here's what she's saying. I saw you out. It was zero degrees, and you had your hands right under her knees. Oh, you said you don't get cold, you liar. Now I'm going to set your house on fire. Running, I'm running back to your place with gas and a match. I'll, it'll go up in flames. Now I know you're not at home, you liar. Now I'm going to set your house on fire. Okay. Have you ever gotten death threats before? No, but my mother has. I got one last week. What? I got a death threat last week. Okay. Be more specific, please. I got a death threat last week. Okay. I got that. You said that three times. What was it, and what was the purpose of it? Someone wants to kill me. That's what the purpose okay, well, of it. There's a, I want to throat punch you, but that doesn't mean I'm going to. What did they say? They're going to kill me. Because? When I least expect it. Because? I don't know. You do too I know. I do not know. That's like... <laughs> you do too know. People don't just say, I'm going to kill you, and the person not know why. Well... Did you do something and you just, that's the comeuppance they want to give you? No, the time before that, you remember I'm talking about the time before that, I actually had to go to the police department. Remember that? Yes, you did. <laughs> because I literally had, had, shall we say, an employee and her girlfriend who are, are an ex-employee and her girlfriend who were plotting to kill me. And the first time I went to the police they department. They make miniseries out of that stuff, <laughs> Brad. The first time I went to the police department, I dealt with the chief. And he went like, I don't think this is the case. So then I got a couple more little threats. And I went back to the police department. He goes, okay, I believe you now. <laughs> so they called in. But the, let's talk about this recent one. Yeah, I got a death threat. How did you get it? In what form? <laughs> it was, was it a letter with little blocks was, cut out of a magazine? It was email. Was it, it an was, email, it a was, text, a it, call? It was, Were you in person? What? It was emailed to me. Okay. Yes. So now it's got, was it from somebody you knew? Yes. And they attached a song and essentially said, listen to this song. This is how I'm going to get you. <laughs> the song talks. So play the song. I can't because it's got lots of bad words in it. It's All of our songs have lots of bad words. You just add, do no, a brand it's, it's it. some crazy weird. It's some crazy weird country song by like some country woman you've never heard of before. So but, is this a woman wanting to kill you or a man? Because if it's a woman, I can kind of understand. What if I said but, both? What if I said both? A morphodite? A team's to kill a, you? A team's gonna come get me. <laughs> Put it that way, okay? A what? A team. A team of people are gonna come kill you? Woman and man. Because it takes more than one I know who that is. But it takes it takes um more than one person to kill you? Yes. Okay. Well, you don't go down easy, that's for sure. <laughs> okay. 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 Changing topics, okay. I wanna know what they said. 
I will talk about it later. Okay, I shouldn't have brought it up. Okay, changing You're topics. Right. You should. <laughs> okay, you know we have we have attorneys ads on on St. Louis radio and TV. Okay. Yeah. And quite honestly, they can't match up to Brian Wilson, not of the Beach Boys. You know who Brian Wilson is. He's with the Beach Boys. No, this guy is an attorney out of Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, he calls himself the Law Hawk. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Hold on. Can you can you listen off air? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna see if this comes across. Hold on a minute. Brian Wilson, Texas Lawhawk. Brian Wilson, the Texas Lawhawk. Talons of justice. Due process. Due wheelies. It's hot out here. Brian Wilson. El Halcón de la Ley. Brian Wilson, the Texas Lawhawk. Hey guys. Bye. <laughs> what the? Well, well, well. It's no refusal weekend, so you have to blow. <laughs> Otherwise, you're gonna lose your license. Things are 100%. Okay, and- <laughs> you have to watch the video. But this guy is the law hawk. Okay, <laughs> clearly that's not our demographic. <laughs> what do you mean it's not our demographic? Here, Seriously? Here, here let's let me find that's another one. That's the Viper demographic. <laughs> oh, oh, let me find another one. Here here, here we go. Here's here's another one. Hold on a minute. Let me find, let me play this one. Okay, he's laying in is bed. He's even a real lawyer. I didn't go to clown college. I joined a profession. He's ruining the practice of law! You have to watch the videos. They're pretty funny. This is house blowing up. Brian Wilson, the Texas Lawhawk! Brian Wilson, the Texas Lawhawk! Brian Wilson! The Texas Lawhawk! <laughs> These are bizarre. This, oh, my God. This guy is a for real attorney in Fort Worth, and he's and he looks like a young guy. He looks like he's about 18, and he's got all these bizarre things. He's on a motorcycle doing wheelies. He's doing this, and he's he's sort of like he's sort of like a Mike Carter kind of guy. His th- thing is, don't blow. That says a lot. He don't, you know, he's like, if you look at his, and if you look at his, his website, um, it's like... <laughs> See, you think we got attorney ads here in St. Louis? We got nothing compared to the Lawhawk. Although we've got Jungle Law, I, I think that's a friend. Have you seen that yeah. the guy and the gal Hashtag who are like me too? Right, the guy and the gal who are the 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 law the the, the Jungle Law. Let me see if I can find this. Yeah, um, Brian Wilson, the Lawhawk, uh, Law H A W K. Uh, here's his website. Yeah, Brian E. What Wilson. What is his website? Uh, it's the here. I'll tell you what it is. As soon as it comes up, it's TexasLawHawk.com. Why hire Brian Wilson, the Texas Lawhawk? Ready to fight. Contact his office anytime, day or night. Free consultations. Free or every initial cons- conversation is free. No cost, no obligation. Award winning. Wow. Brian's peers recognize him as a top attorney year after year. Focused aggression. Brian is a fierce advocate for his clients. 
The consequences of a DWI arrest are far-reaching and can last a lifetime. Not only are you facing serious legal penalties, you also likely blah, 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 blah. If you've been arrested and he's like in super lawyer and he's got this one picture, you know, like the, the women have the, have, you know, the, we talked about this, like the, uh, the, uh, the Victoria's Secret girls with the wings. Yes. He's got, he's got hawk wings on him. There's a picture of him, <laughs> I swear to God, with big hawk wings. The wings look like they're like 12 feet in the air. And he's like standing in front of this building. I guess it's like the, it's someplace in Fort Worth. I don't know if it's like the city hall or something like that. And he's standing and he's like, he's the law hawk. Attorney Brian Wilson has earned a name for himself as leading criminal defense and DWI attorney in the Fort Worth area. In addition to graduating law school with the highest honors, he's been recognized as a top attorney of Tarrant County in criminal law with under five years of practice. He's like under five years. He's like, he's probably 28 or 29. He's the law hawk. We need, we need one of those here in St. Louis. And the world... Let's see, showing the world that, yes, lawyers can have a sense of humor. <laughs> we just have boring guys. We just, hi, I'm Terry Crouppen. You know my law firm. That's all we have here, right? Okay, we got to go. We oh, gotta my get... goodness, I see him. <laughs> with the... <laughs> we got we to go. It's 759.50. Oh, quick, real quick. Have a great day, everybody. Peace and I fly. 759. Ah, I screwed it up, Shelly. I screwed it up. I'm trying to get out of here in a hurry, and I screwed up. Okay, now, 759. Blame me? No. <laughs> it's like you did the same thing. Oh, 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 I did. Hold on a minute. Let me try this. Hold on. Oh, oh, one more time. 759. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.